Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Where it's 936. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Up next on our program with our segment that we started off, All Things COVID, now covering all things health. Dr. Most, happy holiday weekend to you, my friend. He pushed the button. I'm there hear him. this morning. Yeah, nice to nice to talk to you. So, you know, we've got Bike to Drive going on in the rain right now. It's coming down pretty good uh, right along Lakeshore Drive right now. But, you know, if somebody is inspired, like myself, for example, uh, dusted off my bike out of the garage, I want to get out there. What kind of what kind of things uh, do I need, you know, health-wise to uh, take precautions if I haven't been on a bike for a while and I want to do it now? Yeah, you know, the individual who at least has been doing some form of exercising is okay. Um, biking is a great, uh, great exercise, mainly because it uses the major muscles in your leg, also, you know, some in your back as well. So really important that as long as you've been out doing something, that's great. If you have been sedentary sitting on a couch and now all of a sudden you're going to go on a 30-mile bike ride, uh, I'd be very hesitant. You know, it's one of those where your muscles are not ready for it. And then, two, the other thing just from a ergonomic point of view is make sure your bike is properly set up so that the seat's at the right length so that you're not causing more problems with your knees, hips, or back because of, of shoddy equipment, I'll call it. Yeah, that makes a, a big difference of how you're positioning your back on the bike. Uh, and uh, I'm going to say whoever invented the bicycle seat uh, must have been the most sadistic person in the world. <laughs> my guess. Pretty universally uncomfortable. Yes, especially if you're going to be going you know, 20, 30 miles. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so start slow, basically. I mean, if you're you know, sedentary, if you're just getting started, start slow, work yourself up to, you know, something like biking the drive, something like that, right? Yeah, and if you are going to bike the drive, don't try to be the winner. Don't try to go out as hard as you possibly can if you haven't been exercising. So take it as a, at a leisurely pace. Enjoy the views on both sides. Um, and really take it for the enjoyment portion of it, as well as some of the cardiovascular benefits we get from riding a bike. I'm just curious, over at Central DuPage Hospital, uh, it's probably worse in the city where things are a little more congested. Are there a fair amount of uh, people being treated for bicycle-type accidents, whether it's something that happened you know, by themselves on the bike or uh, car versus bike-related? Because it sure seems... Like, they're at odds uh, all the time in the city, at least, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And we do see quite a few. And I'm glad you bring it up because one thing I think that we really need to to reinforce is, you know, people fall off bikes and they can break a wrist easily. They can break a, you know, ankle, a leg. But most importantly is that you have a helmet on because head versus concrete does not do well. So certainly we want to make sure that if we do have bike injuries, and we do see quite a few. If we do have bike injuries, we want to make sure that they're, that they're helmets on. Even if it's the child, you know, just out in the cul-de-sac, going around in circles in a very small area, well-contained, still reinforce them that every time they get on the bike, they have the helmet on. And you as a parent, when you're going to go for a ride with your kids, you can't say, well, you have to wear a helmet. I don't. Right. Yeah, in other words, your brain's more important than mine, which is absolutely false. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Really, because I mean, you could break a wrist, you could break an arm, you could break something, but 
uh, very, very serious injuries could take place related to the brain as a result of that by not not protecting uh, your noggin. You know what scares me the most when I, I, I see, you know, bikes out in the street and then they have that little trailer attached to the back of the bike and a small child is inside the enclosure. And I just thought, boy, are you asking for it? That That just seems like a recipe for disaster. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I would never do it. Yeah, you know, you do. You obviously increase the risk of something bad happening. You know, kids at that age are, you know, they might move around more. They're going to try to get out. They're small. Um, and certainly if you have parents saying, well, I want to get my kids out for exercise. Well, they're really not exercising. They may, they're obviously not at an age to exercise but probably better off taking them for a walk with a stroller where you have total control and you can see them versus them being behind you. But uh, I know there's a lot of people that do it. Yeah, I see them in the streets, in the the bike lanes, but in the streets right next to vehicular traffic, little kid sitting duck in one of those uh, little trailer things going on. So, Um, All right, so we're talking a new vaccine this week for COVID. Uh, what is the timeline for all of this, for all of us to get our new poke? Yeah, it's great that it got approved, you know, last week by both the FDA and the CDC. So the logistics of it now, it is being delivered. If it's not delivered already, it should be available here in Chicago by Tuesday. Um, and really, it's going to be hopefully one that's going to make an impact. And, you know, we've talked about every time a COVID vaccine making an impact. This one is kind of interesting in my point of view. A lot of people know somebody with COVID and have BA4 and BA5, and they say, you know what, it's really just a really bad cold. But unfortunately, when you have that really bad cold, a couple things happen. One, the impact of public health because we continue to spread it. Kids are back in school right now. We've already had a tough year, year and a half with them as far as their educational process, and we certainly don't want to slow that down. In the economy. You know, we talk about the economy all the time and people don't understand the health related impact of COVID on the economy. If people have to take a day off of work or their kids sick and they can't come into work, you know, we really need to look at those three factors and say that's the importance of individuals getting this vaccine booster as as timely as they can. Now, explain how this one is different from previous vaccines and boosters that hopefully we all got as we were supposed to. Yeah, and this is the importance when we talk about variants, right? We knew the original COVID, when it came out, the impact that it made in the health. Look at the just what happened. It's this virgin virus we had never seen, and boy, it impacted the health of everybody. And that's why we sped up that first vaccine. Well, certainly by the time we made that first vaccine, we had already had variants. Well, right now, that variant is that BA4, BA5. Um, not as uh, severe illnesses, but certainly spreads a lot quicker. So the original vaccine was just for straight COVID. Now with the variants, what we have in there is not only the straight COVID, because our immune system is looking for that, but also spike proteins from BA4 and BA5. So those are the ones that are going to protect you now from the virus that's circulating currently. Exactly what we do with flu shots every year, trying to predict which, vac- which viruses are going to uh, be, um, you know, spreading around. Mm-hmm. This one, we actually know 95% are BA4, BA5. Boy, I want a vaccine that have, protects me against that versus like some of the influenza where we're saying, well, we think it's going to be this strain. In this case, we know the strain that's out there. Is it too early to tell if uh, there could be 
uh, similar reactions that some people had to the original vaccine and also the boosters? Yeah, that's the hesitancy a lot of people have, because if you're, you know, inside baseball, if you're really looking at this, this vaccine has not been tested on humans. It's been tested in mice. But, however, we did have in the early May, April and May, we had both Pfizer and Moderna making a bivalent vaccine with BA1. Now, that has definitely changed, right? BA4 and BA5. But that vaccine did very well, showed minimal side effects, and has done well. We do the same thing. People say, oh, it hasn't been tested in humans. I'm not going to do it. Wait, people, everyone has to understand, that's the exact same thing that happens with influenza every year. So, Certainly, if we look at history and we look at the manufacturing process, we should expect a great response because we know it's the exact virus that's out there and side effects that are comparable to what you would get with your normal vaccinations. 847 area code uh, texts in, uh, is there a new COVID vaccine coming out that does not have polyethylene glycol in it? My sister has an autoimmune disease and is allergic uh, she took the J&J shot, but it didn't give her any coverage against COVID. Right. So the polyethylene glycol, a preservative there that was in the other Moderna and Pfizer and was not found in J&J, um, certainly they're going to be tweaking those. But I don't I can't answer that question exactly because I'm not exactly sure. I will say that there's the nasal vaccine that we've all been waiting for has just been improved in China. So we will certainly hopefully be getting some good data out of there as far as how effective it is and how well it works, which takes care of a couple of people, the needle phobic people. And then those also with, uh, with the uh, peg uh, sensitivities and peg allergies. Okay. All right. So those are uh, a couple of things and probably as always, I mean, with, with anything, always check with your physician uh, before you proceed with uh, anything, always good advice. We'll get to some more uh, calls and texts for Dr. Kevin most, Central DuPage Hospital, 312-981-7200 in a minute. It's 949, Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, joining us as always here on Sunday morning to answer your questions. And Becky, you're going to be up first with Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I had a question. I had my antibody level checked, and I was told that I had a dark color and that meant that I had a high antibody level. And I was curious as to how effective it is to manage my protective level by checking in periodically on that antibody level. I'm trying, I've got three shots on board, but of course those were last year. And I'm trying to kind of ride the wave until I really need to get the booster. But I do work on campus with students at the university and um, we're not masked. What do you think, Kev? You touch on a couple of things here. One is very interesting is that you're working in a school. And if you look at look what's happened at U of I, look what's happening in CPS, the number of cases has just gone up dramatically. Now, antibody levels, certainly we kind of stayed away from testing those because what happens is your antibody levels will slowly drop and they'll get to a point where they're not detectable. That does not mean that your body's immune system is not ready for this. Matter of fact, next time it gets exposed, we have things called T memory cells that say, hey, I've seen this in the past. Start making antibodies again. So the antibody level, although it's great to show that your body reacted either to the vaccine or the virus, as far as long-term protection, 
totally unpredictable, or you'd be testing yourself on a very regular basis. But like I said, the body has cells that remembers what they have seen, and that's why we don't have to have high numbers of circulating antibodies for every illness that we've ever been exposed to. We kind of have that in our in our back check of, you know, think about it as a warehouse. You know, you, you could have this filled warehouse when, in fact, you're not going to need it, but instead have just in time, as soon as I need it, I can produce it. So that's exactly what the body does. Interesting. Thank you so much. Thanks, so Becky. Oh, sorry. I'm hearing from you. I need to get the. I need to get the booster. Um, yes, especially if you're in the educational setting right now, I would certainly get the booster. Your your timing for it is fine as far as when you are eligible for it. And I'll tell you, the schools. When you look at numbers of positivity rates, you know at U of I at 26 percent. CPS schools up 37% in positivity. We knew this was going to happen. We just want to curtail it as much as we can before the winter. Yeah, thanks, Becky, and good luck to you on that. Uh, a ton of calls on the text line, uh, Kev, people asking, when should I get the booster? From uh, people saying, I just got over COVID. Uh, should I get the booster? I just got my flu shot. Should I get the booster? Uh, you know, yeah. what, what's what's the time frame uh, on, on all this? Yeah, so let's go over it briefly here. We'll take these each um, in a section. Let's say you have gotten the regular uh, two shots and you're fully boosted. You would not get that new booster for another two months. In other words, two months since your last booster. All right, so that's the individual say. Hey, I've kept up with everything. I want to continue to keep up. When should I get the booster for this one? Because we know that even with the boosters, BA4, BA5 has had many cases. So you got to remember that. If you have been sick recently, it's three months after your infection because we know we get great immune response for the first 90 days, and then it starts to taper. So if you've been sick recently, like myself, I am not going to be looking to get that booster until three months from now. And individuals who have not gotten any, can't, you can't say, you know what, I'm just going to go get the booster. I, you have to have those two initial shots to make sure the immune system is keyed up enough before you get the booster. So hopefully I touched on each of those, those who have been infected, those who haven't been vaccinated at all, and those who have kept up. Yeah, let's see. I, I think, Judy, that that answers your question, because I'm told that you want to ask, should you get the normal booster before this new vaccine uh, welcome to the show judy first of all did i uh, thank you did i summarize correctly uh yes i i i was uh i had the two initial first shots a year ago last september but i haven't been able to get boosted at all so i'm not caught up as you as you would say but i was wondering so in the next month if i can get a uh, a booster do i get the regular booster or do i wait and get the the new booster with the, that's going to Take care of the variants. New and improved, right. Judy, Judy, absolutely great question because I'm glad you asked it because what we see out there right now is we have many individuals are in this exact same boat as you, have not been able to get boosted because of health reasons or other reasons or just have been hesitant to. So i got to be really clear. As long as you've had the original two, two COVIDs and no boosters, you will get the new booster. Matter of fact, the old booster will go away. It will be gone. It's the emergency use authorization will be removed from that. 
because we will want people to get boosted with this one. So you have no problem. If you go in to get your booster on Tuesday, if you can find a place that has them, then you will get the new booster, and that's totally appropriate for your position. All right, Kevin. I'm sorry if I wasn't clear on that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, thank, thank you for uh, clarifying for everyone. That's overwhelmingly, that's uh, people are asking about, you know, when am I eligible to get the booster? And I think you answered that uh, beautifully, as always. Dr. Kevin Most. Hey, hey Dean, Dean, one quick yes, point. I know we're yes, out of time, but yep. just one quick point for that caller that asked about polyethylene glycol. Oh, yeah. I guess, I'm, I guess on my mind had a mind freeze. We have, remember, polyethylene glycol, Pfizer and Moderna for the mRNA. Well, I forgot. You know what? We just approved Novavax not too long ago, which is a classic vaccine. So certainly have her look at the Novavax vaccine. I'm almost positive it doesn't have a uh, peg in it, but certainly she can do some research. But I apologize for that, that I didn't think about that vaccine. All right. Well, at least we got all the info out there. That's the the main thing. We always love uh, talking with Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Hope you feel better, Kev. And uh, thank you, as always. Try to enjoy your Sunday today. You got it. Take care, Dean. Talk soon.